This is the Context Podcast sponsored by Proofgeist. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. Today we talk with Kevin Frank about a recent collaboration he and I did on a JavaScript project. The conversation here encompassed two parts, how the file was set up using a better JavaScript development environment, and how the JavaScript library can be used for real-life examples querying JSON to get back a myriad of results. Our collaboration on this project brought together the best of what we both can do. Kevin's passion for tinkering and parsing and seeing what can be done, and my obsession with working with JavaScript in FileMaker. I was extremely honored and privileged to work with Kevin Frank on this project. We got to work together and that made this demo stronger. The Claris FileMaker community is full of collaborative examples, and I'm glad to be just one of those showing what can be done together. Hey, Kevin Frank, welcome back for the third time to the Context Podcast. How are you tonight? I'm fantastic, Jeremy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's it's uh, great to talk to you. I think you, other than Todd, of course, but you know that's a little bit different. I think you have been on this podcast the most now. So, well, it's, that... it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, it's it's I can I always know that you're um, reliable for a good in-depth discussion of some technique and some some crazy thing that FileMaker Hacks is working up, you know. And so <laughs> I know that I can reach out if I'm if I need something really technical, I can reach out to you. And and you really brought something technical to the table today, didn't you? Yes, and, and with a lot of help from you. So this is definitely a, a collaborative um, pro podcast. A while back, Kevin, I reached out to you and asked if you'd be interested in another um, podcast episode. Like I said, you have great technical thoughts and, and you're always tinkering with something. And I think, you know, our first exchange, you even in our first exchange, you you emailed me back with saying, yes, and how about we talk about this particular topic. And many hours later, many emails later, you and I have kind of come to a great um, collaboration and a great work uh, to produce a demo and to produce a talk about Jasonada. Yes, and, and I was really thrilled when you reached out because I felt like you were one of the few people on the planet who could help me realize the benefits of Jasonata in FileMaker. Yeah. So maybe we should say what Jasonata is. Yeah. Tell us. Okay, it's a query and transformation language for JSON, and uh, the uh, URL is jsonata.org. Um, and from that URL, uh, there are pointers to everything you need to get started, including documentation, an exerciser where you can play with jsonata, uh, links to GitHub and Stack Overflow, which is the place to ask your uh, jsonata questions, and right there on the homepage, a nice five-minute video introducing the library and the technology. This is a query transformation language for JSON data. Do you know what that means? What is that? What exactly is 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 this library do? Well, I I think if we step back, I'll, I'll talk about why why this interested me. Okay. Um, now I don't want to be guilty of oversimplification, but just thinking about it uh, casually, it seems to me there's three things we do with JSON in FileMaker. Number one, uh, we Bring it in, and then it actually represents records that are or that are going to um, exist that need to come into one of our FileMaker systems. So maybe it's orders and order line items, and maybe it's even new products or, and of course, customers. So just as an example, right? So sometimes JSON is literally a representation of data that we need to bring into FileMaker, and then it's going to be FileMaker data. I'll just talk about that for the moment that we're consuming it. But other times, we've got the JSON. And it represents information and maybe a business owner or uh, somebody we're working for says to us, I want you to do some data mining in that JSON. So sometimes there are answers that we need and they live in that JSON. And historically, I would have said, fine, I'll tell me what you want. I'll parse it into FileMaker and, you know, if necessary, render it in virtual list or uh, get you the answer you need using FileMaker tricks to, to do that but it still involved parsing the JSON into individual records. And number three, sometimes we're the middleman in FileMaker and we're taking JSON from system A, we're transforming it, and then we're pushing that JSON over to system B in a, in a transformed format, maybe adding some additional information to it uh, from our FileMaker system before we push it also. 
So um, once again, in that scenario, uh, we might very well uh, render that in FileMaker records, or we might write some complex scripts and just process it all in variables. Um, but one way or another, we're doing a lot of heavy lifting and coding in the FileMaker. I was wishing that, say I had a big blob of JSON it represented a bunch of orders that we just downloaded you know, from a web shopping cart. And I was wondering and wishing I could just do something like SQL on that JSON to mm -hmm. query it and get back an answer. So I went looking, this and actually was this was about three or four years ago, I started looking around at different uh, JavaScript libraries that uh, could do this. And JSONata looked the most interesting to me. And I'm sure there's a big argument that could be had about that. And I'm not claiming I looked at all of them. And I'm not claiming that I have since looked at others in much detail. But uh, I, at that point, I was kind of invested in JSONata um, because I liked what I saw and because I got somewhat comfortable with it. So that's a long-winded answer to your question. You mentioned the three uses of JSON that that we have in FileMaker, and I completely agree with those. Are you finding yourself just using JSON more and more to in those three instances? Is it, I mean, are you, in any project that you're working on, is JSON a big part of what you're doing? It tends to be. It's just such a nice way to move data. One of the things I love about JSON that uh, I think a lot of us know, but doesn't, I think it is much press or attention as maybe it should, is that it just so elegantly handles um, potentially problematic characters. So, you know, you, you've got, remember, I'm sure you uh, used to roll your own array systems before we had JSON. And, you know, you'd always run into the problem like, oh, I've got a piece of, you know, I've got a character there that I'm using as a delimiter, but now it's also a uh, piece of data, for instance. So, it yeah. just so elegantly handles that on both the encoding and the decoding side. And, uh, and of course, it can represent whatever it needs to represent just, just so cleanly and clearly. So, yes, I use it a lot. A lot of times if I'm you know, just moving some FileMaker data from point A to point B, it gets encoded as JSON. And then you know, up on the server, it gets decoded. Jason Ada, you, you, you found that as a JavaScript library. You, you started to play with the demo and you saw the potential in using it in FileMaker, in, for FileMaker data. Yes, but I couldn't find anybody to help me get it into FileMaker until you came along. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, so what does this do? What does JSONata do with, with a JSON object? As, as I say, from, from JSONata.org, there's a link directly to the docs, and so you can start reading about the functions and other things it does. It's, it's a very deep, um, but fortunately, the learning curve to get into it is shallow. It can get very complicated, and I'm still, it's early days for me also, so I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm at the edge of this unknown continent, slowly exploring and occasionally making forays, you know, deeper in and then hopefully coming out with a prize, but uh, sometimes being frustrated. And although, as I say, then you can ask your questions on Stack Overflow, um, which may or may not be answered. You mentioned that it, it's a query and transformation language. So in a query, I would be asking questions. And you said you wish you could do that like we do with SQL, with execute SQL to the actual tables and records. So if you have a JSON object, at present, we don't have anything in FileMaker that can actually construct a query and read from that JSON object. So that's what JSONata does, is it can... You can write a query in some fashion that we'll get to, and you'll get an answer back. And that's certainly the simplest use case. You can also massively transform the, oh. the JSON, and, re, and sometimes you do both. Like you might say, look, I'd rather query my, my transformed version of the JSON rather than my source JSON. Um, yes. What are, what are some examples of how JSONata can query even just simple ones, what, what, what did you see that was a simple query to give our listeners an idea of what this thing can do and how it can query? Okay, so one of the first things I did was I, I went to a website called restcountries.eu, and that's what all restcountries.eu, and um, it has sort of demographic JSON with one, a giant array with one object per country. And um, I, I went in there and chose the quote all option. And then I snagged all the JSON for all the countries that they have listed, which I did not 
count them yet, but there's suppose it's, it it seems to be similar to the CIA World Factbook in terms of the level of completion. So then you get all kinds of data on a per country basis. So I threw that in as the source, and then uh, one of the first things I said was, okay, we've got all these objects where each object represents a country. Uh, bring me back just the ones where the capital of the country starts with W A, and that brought me back. Boom, two objects because there's one for Warsaw and there's one for Washington, D.C., so Poland and the U.S. Hmm. Now, I, instead of bringing back the whole object, I could just bring back the name of the country with a, just with a minor extension to the query. So, so then you just get a simple little list, right? Poland, United States. I also uh, then it, there were some interesting things in there, like it has the, uh, the lat long and it has uh, the countries that border whatever country you're looking at, and it has all the time zones in the country. So, uh, so for those three, uh, I was able to construct a query saying, uh, show me countries bordering Iran, and boom, got a list of all those countries. Show me countries in the Southern Hemisphere, um, boom. So that was where the uh, latitude was less than zero. And show me, uh, count the time zones in the uh, time zone array. Show me countries that have more than two time zones. Hmm. So th there's, a, there's a few simple examples. I mean, I'm sure that, we'll get into some other ones later. That's crazy. So you can take a JSON object or an array of objects, and you can write a query and get back an answer from with using this library. Well, and that I mean that's just a similar like um, step by step that we might do for execute SQL, like you said. So there is, I like that you said you started by thinking why can't we do this like we do with execute SQL? In execute SQL, I could probably write the same thing. I could write a query on a table of records that finds records with capitals containing WA. Yeah. But you are specifically focused on just a JSON object or an array, and you are asked, you are using this library to query against that yes. object or array and return something from, from that. Yes. And I, 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 um, we should probably mention, um, we're going to be uh, making blog postings to accompany this podcast, and this demo will be available. So anything I talk about as an example is going to be in that demo. And we'll talk more about the demo, but I did want to make that point. Another point I'll make is that even though I was wishing for SQL, the queries that we write don't look at all like SQL queries in JSON. Yep. They look a lot more like JSON or JavaScript. Yeah. I, I, I was playing with the same thing. I wrote a very simple query. It's, a, it's an object that describes a person with an address and multiple phone numbers, multiple email addresses. Mm -hmm. And with this library, I was able to pull out of there the first name and the last name with no simple, with no complex, too complex anyway, structure. Uh, I wrote the name of the key, first name. I put a, a, a space, a, an and symbol, and then a space, and then another and symbol. And then I wrote address dot street and I was able to get that in that case I was able to get first name and the street that they live on. So this is a very simple, at least the way that we've set it up, this library provides a very simple way for us to write a query and return a result. Simply. Yes. Yeah. Very simply. And uh and what's nice is uh, we've got it in FileMaker, but you can also test it all up on the JSONata Exerciser. The the big advantage of using the Exerciser is it will give you meaningful feedback if your query is not correct. So, uh -huh. But um, yeah, I was I was pretty amazed. I got to say, uh, Jeremy, because I I asked you if you could get this going in FileMaker, and the next thing I knew, you hand me this wonderful demo with like ten examples already in it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a great launchpad for me to work from. Um, and put and I put additional examples in. So you you see this kind of querying as useful to FileMaker developers because we are working with JSON more often nowadays in one of the three ways we get back data from a service. And at least in my head and what I'm assuming you're thinking is that we could actually take that 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 object, the result that we get back from a service, and we could, we could query against it without ever having to go into FileMaker and, and create tables and records. Of course, we're st we could store it in FileMaker as a simple text field, but normally we would have to write a bunch of like, records, parse out the JSON, 
and then do a query against that. But this kind of skips over all that, right? Exactly. And even if we do it all in a script, a lot of times that script could be, you know, dozens or hundreds of lines long, you know, looping and, and like, here's a great example. And this is one of the extra, this is one of the demo uh, records that you made. Um, it's called extract any levels deep. So if we've all seen JSON where you've got like the main address and there's the city, but then you've got this sub node called other. And then it's got maybe multiple addresses that are one step further down in the hierarchy. Or maybe the JSON is so complicated that on the surface looking at it, you're not even sure what the overall structure is. But what uh -huh. you do know is that you've been tasked with retrieving all the cities, regardless of where those cities are in the JSON. It's not as simple as uh -huh. saying, oh, the city is also at this one location. There could be cities 10 levels deep in some obscure node you know, in the 500th object or something. And so uh, one of the neat things it can do is it has this double asterisk uh, wildcard operator that says, grab the key from any level and bring it back. And another thing I should mention is when you ask a question of JSONata, if it returns one value, then it simply returns the value. But if it returns more than one value, it returns JSON. So, you know, it might be like a, a delimited list of cities, you know, in an array or, or, uh, or sometimes what it brings back is a JSON object. Uh, it's just depending on what you're asking for. But I, I love that power. It does all these nice little things. Another thing it does is if you're querying an array and you want the last item in the array, that's not that hard to do. But in FileMaker, it's a couple steps because first you have to um, count, the, uh, count the keys and then uh, grab the last key minus one to get the, uh, you know, to get that array value. Here, you can just use negative one. If you use a negative for your array number, it'll search an array from the, from the back end and come backwards. Hmm. So that, that's another neat little thing that it does. Here's another one that I, I'm excited about. So in this part, I'm just excited. I, I'm just interested in the querying and just what it can do. This is really interesting. So again, we're only describing it. The demo will be up on both of our sites. Uh, available for you to take a look at. But here's one that I that I created. It's called Summarize Array Elements. So it's a, an array of products. So apples and peaches, there's just two. Each of those objects has a name, name property like the apples or peaches. It has a price and a quantity sold. So I was able to actually do a query to say, what is the total amount sold for each of these elements. I was able to multiply the price times the quantity and find that in this case, apples had a total sales of $136 and peaches had a total sales of $75. What's cool with this, with this is I was able to return an object, like you mentioned, with the key name as with, with, the, with the product name, the apples, as the key of my results. I think yeah. that's... That's pretty dang cool that I was able to use a property in the object itself as the key value of the total cost when I multiplied price times quantity. Right. So you, so you constructed a new object and you took what had formerly been a value and made it a key. And then you, and then you, you did the math and took the price times the quantity. So it just says apples colon and then the total dollar amount. And then the next entry is peaches and the total dollar amount. Yes, that is massively cool. <laughs> it uh this is this is a lot of fun because like you were doing, I like to throw really complex JSON at it or real life example JSON that I've been using and see what it can do. And have you just curious, have you found any limits of what it can't do at the moment? The limits are my knowledge. Um <laughs> okay. and and um you know, it's a it's a small project. I mean, if if you go on to uh, the the link to uh, Stack Overflow from the JasonAuto.org page, um, one thing you can do is sort the answers in reverse order. And right now, you might see that some of the newest ones are from me. And uh, <laughs> but um, the, one thing with Stack Overflow, if you're not familiar with it, is you are expected to do your homework and see if anyone else has already asked a similar question and whether that might have already answered your question. 
Um, so a lot of times on Stack Overflow, you'll have to defend your right to ask the question. Yes. <laughs> and so, and sometimes you just say, yes, I know it looks similar to this other question, but here's the nuance that makes it right. different. Um, yeah. This might be a good time to mention a, a key difference between um, the way JSON Auto works and the way FileMaker works. When we use JSON format elements, or even if we just uh, use, let's say we're creating an object and then we use JSON get element and push a new key value pair into an existing piece of, into an existing object, um, it will um, alphabetize by key. Mm. Um, JSONata does not do that. So JSONata oh. respects the order, even when you do things like grouping. So if you said, you know, sh find everything under apples and just give me the grand total for all of them, uh, it will say, okay, that's fine. Apples is buried down in the middle of the hierarchy alphabetically. You know, peaches came before apples, let's say. But it will group it at the point it finds it rather than... So So one thing that's kind of interesting is if you're playing in the JSONata exerciser, and then you do the same query uh, in our demo, you'll, you may see a different result because we use JSON format elements to, uh, to render the output in FileMaker, which of course alphabetizes by key. So I think um, there's a good argument for doing it either way since, the, of course, as we all know by now, if you go to json.org, and I'm talking about json.org, not jsonata.org, um, they make it very clear that uh, in JSON objects, the order is irrelevant. So whatever order you get, you're not allowed to complain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that same document says an array is a defined order of elements. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, the, the, the order is meaningful in arrays, and it must be, right? Because you don't have yeah. separate keys to see. But yeah. for objects, it's, it is by definition irrelevant. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Doing these examples in FileMaker, could, could you comprehend how, let's say, we extract any levels deep? Could you see how that could be done in FileMaker? And, and have you ever tried to replicate it as a custom function or a script? No, but I imagine the while function could handle it. Um, I uh -huh. mean, if you wanted to avoid looping in a script, but... Uh... You know, you you can envision some situation where you parse everything out and then you go searching on each record and then eventually you bring back the, the ones that match, you know, search all the fields with a giant or search, right? Bring back mm -hmm. all the ones that match regardless. And then from there, it would be fairly easy to parse. This JavaScript library is able to do a query against an object. And as you, you know, I, I'm looking at your, your in-progress demos, uh, yeah. examples, you've got... 25. So you added maybe 15 more just in the FileMaker app. So you you are finding all sorts of uses for this, for um, for regular looking data that we might see in, in FileMaker, whether it's records from FileMaker as JSON or as a return from a service. And you you said the only limitation so far is is your experience level with this and your time to play with it and kind of come up with new possible examples. It sounds like this is a pretty useful tool for people working with JSON, that is, with for, with, for FileMaker developers. I think it potentially is, and especially yeah. de depend, you know, obviously it would depend on, con on the situation. Um, what's interesting is we haven't been able to actually run this on the Windows side um, historically, so, but uh -huh. that's about to change. And yep. so, um, so I knew that I, I, even though I've been interested in this for a few years, I got a lot more interested when I realized that the day was coming that it would be cross-platform <laughs> capable. One thing I, I encounter a lot is is just the the seemingly barrier a project like this, a library like this, because it is built in JavaScript and it's not built in FileMaker. It's not a set of custom functions. <laughs> Um, you know, Geist Interactive. When when we were Geist Interactive, we have a we had a lit, uh, a complete set of JSON functions, custom functions, and there are other library uh, there are other custom function sets out there by other people. But this specifically was JavaScript. Kevin, um, did that did that present a barrier to you? Did you did you worry that did you did you think oh I can't use this because it's JavaScript? How did you or how did you see this? through that that a little issue there i just felt like um once uh once we can get it working in filemaker it's just another tool 
So I, you know, I, I can remember when custom functions first came out, there were some people saying, no, 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 as soon as you use them, it makes things on, it makes your code less portable. Da -de -da -de -da. They said the same thing about plugins, you know, it's a dependency and it's just one other thing that can go wrong. And I said, yeah, well, that's true. But the fact is they do such amazing things. I'm willing to take on that additional technical, you know, debt to, uh -huh. uh, you know, the burden is well worth it as far as I'm concerned. It'll be interesting to see, if, you know, what people do with this or if anyone's interested in it. But, uh -huh. And I will say, you know, be, partly because it was not ready for primetime cross-platform. I haven't used this on a project. I've just played with it. And my idea with the demo is to just use it as a scrapbook and hold uh, potentially hundreds of different examples of working code. So then when I run up against it, I can say, oh yeah, well, there's something in that demo library that's kind of similar. Let's go look at that and use that as a starting point. So you weren't, you weren't put off by the fact that it's JavaScript. You saw this as another tool. I suppose you've been in the community enough and you've seen it, you've seen enough of the FileMaker developers in this community working with JavaScript and showing examples. So you, you didn't have any problem with knowing that it could be implemented somehow. Right. And especially um, to be selfish about it, if somebody else did the work, so I could just enjoy Jsonata <laughs> and not have to, you know, sink my head deep into JavaScript. That that's a good point um, yeah. for sure. That's, I think that's what, that's what the community in general is building up to. And with add-ons, this, you know, this is potentially could be an add-on where it just works for people. They can just plug it into their system. Um, and there's so many great, great JavaScript FileMaker developers out there that, you know, it's, we're getting used to the idea of just using JavaScript in FileMaker because someone else has spent the time putting it together. Right. And it's, I mean, it opens up a whole universe. It's kind of like, you know, I was going to think I was just to make the analogy with custom functions An awful lot of us use custom functions without first dissecting them and figuring out how they work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it can be, you know, a great learning experience to dissect or maybe modify a custom function to make it work more the way you want it to work. But the fact of the matter is there's an awful lot of time we just grab a custom function. Okay. It works. Let's use it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because there are barriers even to that where you still have to copy the code, even from someone's site or whatever you, you still mm -hmm. have to copy paste the code, open up a new custom function, cr uh, create the parameters and then copy the code in there and make sure it works. Yeah. Yep. If people are um, wise enough to put them into files, you could just copy and paste, but you still have, you know, you still have some work to do there. So um, I know that copy pasting is, is, messed me up at times because forgotten a parameter or forgotten the dependent custom functions, whatever, whatever. So, or somebody embedded some, you know, high, high level ASCII character or, or, you know, Unicode that didn't make the trip through the web successfully. So you're copying it off a website, but what you get in the custom function is not what the developer intended. Well, it, it's good to hear that. I, I, I appreciate hearing that more people are interested in using JavaScript to, to solve problems. I, I can't imagine writing a while function that would do the same thing that this is doing right here in, you know, it, it didn't take that long. You were amazed at how long it took me to set it up, but it was, it was really simple. I mean, I, it, it's a pretty straightforward process now. And I think we can, we can start talking about that, but okay. it, it certainly is the barriers to using this kind of stuff is a lot less to me, the barrier to, or the, the, the effort it would take to write a while function to do a lot of this or even a script to do a lot of this would be pretty cumbersome and painful. So No, I think a lot of it would be impossible when we think about all the different things you can do with yeah. Jsonata. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so that's it. There's only one function that I wrote, Kevin, that does ev all 25 of these examples. It takes the query that you want and it spits out the return. And that, that was really simple. So I wrote one function, you wrote written 25 demos, examples, and it was a lot faster than writing even one script to handle one of these. About, let's talk about the work you did to make this possible. Well, when you reached out to me, I took a look at it and I'm always excited about this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's always great to see examples of 
a JavaScript library being used as a FileMaker calculation window or some sort of parser, some calculation engine. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the word. Yeah. Um, when FileMaker can't do it, we can we can turn to JavaScript. And this was a great example of that. So for me, it was sort of a no brainer. When you sent this to me, I was like, yeah, I have to figure this out. And like I said, just a few seconds ago, it's a, it was actually not that hard because of just the work that I've done, the the learning that I've done on my own with this with this JavaScript stuff over the past now, probably six years. So it was really pretty straightforward. Probably took an hour to get working and, and set up so that, that you could use it uh, to construct the queries. But here's how I here's how I did it. Okay. I I, I use VS Code um, to write JavaScript, and um, I'll get into some details about how that connects back to FileMaker in a minute. But all I did was I started a new JavaScript file, a .js file, and I really just copied the functions, the function from the demo, from the uh, the website, the documentation, into the JS file. There, I played with some queries. I I, I hard coded some queries, and that was it. I I was able to construct exactly what it needed right then. I set up. I had to set up an HTML file so that it could, at the moment, connect to the online version of this, the uh, CDN. But it was really just those two steps of being able to set up an environment where the HTML and the JavaScript could interact and then opening that HTML up file, file up in a browser and then just doing some tests to see if I could you know, make sure that this function was running. Didn't have any problems with that. What took a few seconds to think about was how to get this into FileMaker because that's where you were interested in using it. It's really lucky, you know, over the past couple of years now, I've been able to work with Todd and, and he actually has developed a really good sort of template for how to work with this. When I work in JavaScript and FileMaker, on the left side of my screen, I have a, a, a FileMaker app uh, file with a web viewer on the, the, the layout that I'm looking at. And on the right side, I'm using VS Code to write my... JavaScript and my functions. And the way that we have this set up is that I can write something over in the VS code, I can press save, and immediately it is visible or it shows up over in the FileMaker web viewer. Nice. So yeah, so I mean, that that's a nice little template that we have put together. And I'm going to have a really good in-depth discussion of it. I will, you know, in, in my side over here, I'll show you the demo as well as the uh, repository of the of the actual code. I, I mean, there's a lot of details. I don't know how much I want to get into this, but I had to set up this environment where I could run a local server on my machine and I could ask the FileMaker web viewer to look at that server. So instead of when I was testing it anyway, instead of looking at a block of HTML text that's in a field or inside the calculation dialog window of the, uh, the the web viewer the the filemaker web viewer object was actually looking at this local server and I'm using localhost colon 1234 mm -hmm. so that's how the setup happened um, there is a couple steps to get that to work um, we're using node.js to handle the JavaScript and the whole setup I'm using a couple of dependencies to to create that local server so that um, FileMaker, the web viewer, can can look at that server. And I'm using a couple other dependencies to build a version of this, the JavaScript of the HTML of the whole setup, so that I can then paste it into a FileMaker um, field, which is how I do it. So it's really, it's really not that, that much. It's really not that difficult. Yes, there is some setup. It takes a few minutes. Luckily, we have been able to develop a template, and I think there are others out there. And, and like I said, I'll provide the the basics of this template and hopefully some some corresponding as some supplementary videos that describes how I set this up. Um, let's see here. So what happens is once I got the web viewer looking at the um, 
at the the local server, and I was able to write some JavaScript over there and get the web viewer to render the JavaScript. What I had to do was figure out how to pass a query written in a field. I needed to also pass um, a JSON object that was set into a field, and that you know that's that now the FileMaker 19 is out. We're of course we're a good year away from that big release, but we're using the I was just using the FileMaker, um, the perform JavaScript in a web viewer function. And I was telling it three things. I was telling it the name of the web viewer, because that's always important. You have to have a named web viewer. I was telling it the name of the function in the JavaScript that I want you to run. And I was telling it the, I was giving it two parameters that the I wanted. The source and the query. The source and the query. Exactly that. Yep. And you can see that in the in the um, the scripts, and the function has those two parameters, and then the uh, it's called simple query function. It just takes the JSON and it parses it uh, into something readable for the JavaScript, and then it passes it to the library to evaluate it and to get back a result. So you spawn a little card window that says processing. Yes, and I had assumed that the web viewer was hiding in that card window. Yeah. And, and the reason I assumed that was I thought, well, then uh, it's very portable, right? That's but correct. When I, but when I went into layout mode, I saw the web viewer was hiding on the main examples layout. And I was wondering if you could talk to the, that distinction. Yeah. So the, so, okay. So let's, let's, let's take a step back and talk about the two types of ways to use JavaScript. One is to render like a chart or a, um, data table or something. So that's that's a web viewer on the layout that you see that gets the code and all the data from FileMaker pushed into it so that the data table or the chart can render. This one, this is the second type, which is we're just using a JavaScript library as a calculation uh, engine to do mm -hmm. something that FileMaker can't do. So you still need a web viewer, but the web viewer is not part of the main layout. It's it has it it makes no sense to have a visible web viewer on this layout. Mm -hmm. So I created just a small window called processing, and on it is a web viewer somewhere. Actually, I, I'm looking at my example and I lost it. I can't, I don't know where it is at the moment. It's on there, but it's only five pixels wide by five pixels. Um, tall. Ah, there it is. Yep. You see it? Yep. It's off screen. And it's it's off screen. It's, it's off to the right. Yeah. It is off to, off the screen because I didn't want it to show. But but there's also one on the examples layout. Yes, I put one on the 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 because I thought I was going to use it there. Ah. Um, but I wanted some visual indication that something was happening, and I think it's best because here's what happens. When you use the web viewer to do something, you have to load the code into it. At least that's what I'm choosing to do. Mm -hmm. the, the HTML is actually stored in a field. It's just like a preferences table, one record, one field, or few fields, one called HTML. And it, it, it's, its sole purpose is to hold the HTML. So it's an inline version, no spaces, and the, the build process has kind of processed it down to as small as possible. Mm. So when I go to run this script, I open that card window and it has to load the HTML into the web viewer. Mm -hmm. So that's why I need it to be, or I'm just choosing to pop up a little card window that says processing. At the same time, I'm loading the, the HTML into that web viewer. I'm then running this, the, I'm, calling the JavaScript function, and I'm getting back the results. Um, I believe you could probably easily do this without running, uh, opening that window. Um, I just, I th I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it has to be on the layout. So, you know, I don't really want it to be on this layout of like, let's say we're, we look at an invoice and invoice records and it's, you know, I don't want it to be there, but I want to use its power to process. So that's why I'm using a, a different card window. What do yeah, you think, think of I, you like I, that? I love it. And I just, um, sorry, I'm getting all excited. Um, yeah. So it's uh, several thoughts. Number one, 
So the so that web viewer does not need to be on the examples layout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the card window, it's currently working for me. Now I have an earlier version of the demo than than you're currently looking at. So in the version that you sent me, the the card window is there, but the uh, web viewer is off in the dead zone, off to the right. Yep. And it absolutely works. Yep. So and and I have removed the web viewer from the examples layout, so I know for sure because I love the idea that hey. You could have a million layouts, right? But just as long as you show that processing window, boom, that's the one web viewer we need to hit. And this isn't exactly. just about JSONata, right? That's the other thing I'm excited about. Right. This isn't just about JSONata. This is about lots and lots of different JavaScript libraries, potentially. Yep. You yeah. could you could have a, a web viewer that, or a, a layout that says processing with a web viewer on it that's blank. You could load any JavaScript, any HTML in there, let it do its work, and then spit back the results. And, so. and the, another thing that's really neat is when that card window closes, if you're trying to follow it, you know, like at first I was like, wait a minute, I don't see how that window is closing, right? And yeah. Then, oh, it's the JavaScript routine is calling the script that closes the window, and that's your indication that it that it's done. Yep. So I have two scripts. I have one script that says simple query. It grabs the data, the, uh, the, the um, query, um, and the, the source, the actual JSON, into variables. Then it opens it up and opens up the new card window. And at that point, the, Java, the HTML is loaded into the web viewer. So I open up the window. The HTML is there. Whenever you're opening up a window, especially opening up a window and it's got a web viewer on it with some HTML, it's always good to let that thing pause for we're we're kind of down to about a half a second under normal conditions so that the web viewer has a chance to initialize. There's no guarantee that that the the it's going to be ready right the second you open it. So we always just put a pause in there and um we're using for now we're using the the value 1 half, 1 divided by 2 and that that seems to work. We found that um, in the add-ons, we found that typing in 0.5 does not work internationally because other countries do not use a, uh, a decimal point as a, as a separator there between the whole and the decimal numbers. So they use, use commas. So Okay, the, that's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the, fraction, the fraction one, under, one uh, slash two is, is the workaround for that. So then after it pauses and then resumes for a half a second, then we call that script step perform JavaScript in a web viewer with the web viewer name, the function name, which is all set in variables as well as the, as the parameters. Then this script is done. It just does one thing. It just, it sets, it gets the web viewer ready and it calls the function. Then the JavaScript, I've written the function this way that it does the evaluating of your query it's, it gets back the result into a variable. The JavaScript calls a, um, uses the new function filemaker.performscript, and it calls a FileMaker script called getResults, and I'm passing in the object to that. That getResults script then grabs the result out of the parameter, and it closes the window, and then it shows the results formatted as JSON. It's a thing of beauty. Exactly. Yep. Yep. There's more subtleties to this, but this is a very good example of a simple starter that will work for a high percentage of use cases of using JavaScript in FileMaker. Yeah, I can certainly see people repurposing this demo for their own nefarious purposes. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So if anybody was trying to set up a web viewer and do this on their own and they weren't using this demo as a starting point, but they were just using the information that we've been discussing... I noticed one thing that's kind of subtle, so it's it's obvious because I am looking at your demo, and that's that on the web viewer, you have to check a box that says allow JavaScript to perform FileMaker scripts. Yes. And that might be easy to miss. <laughs> I always forget that. I think, let me just check. I think, yeah, oh, no, that's not on by default. I thought it was on by default, but it's not. That's ah. right. 
I swear yeah. it was on by default, but anyway, yeah, I, I get that error a lot where um, the JavaScript just does not run a function, uh, a FileMaker script. And I'm like, what happened? It's because of that. It's one simple checkbox. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not on by default. So you got to check it or copy, copy another web viewer that already has it. Which is another reason why you would, you could use a generic layout with the web viewer already set, right? Without... So you just have it as one. You don't have to forget yeah. that the next time you go to set up some a JavaScript library. Yeah, this card window is just amazing. I'm just thinking of like all these cases where you could have many, many different kinds of JavaScript processes happening and boom, this thing comes up, it tells you it's processing and that's all you need. One card window and one, and one web viewer for your entire solution. I, I don't think this is that difficult. I think that there's a pattern of FileMaker scripts and JavaScript calls that needs to be sorted and, and understood. But this, another reason I was so excited about this is because it's a very simple, very powerful way to see how effective JavaScript can be used in FileMaker. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And that's a black art for a lot of us. And so, you know, it's your bread and butter and, and a lot of things that you t- toss off casually are utterly opaque to the great majority, I think, of FileMaker developers. So certainly this one. So, yeah, I stand, I stand in awe. You may stand in awe, but it's really like I'm, I'm standing on many, many shoulders of, of people who have been advocating for this and working with this a lot. And it has been kind of confusing, but we're almost to the point where it's not an issue. You mentioned Windows and the fact that we, you know, you couldn't, we couldn't run it on Windows. That is, that was a problem until this latest release of FileMaker, which does away with Internet Explorer. It allows us to use Edge as the, the as the web viewer's engine, so we can actually use JavaScript that was that is modern and libraries that have modern functionality. That was a weirdness thing. That was an issue that I had to, we had to deal with. And um, I didn't realize, I should have known because I read your posts and I see your images. You use Windows pretty exclusively. Um, so I no, should have. Actually, I use both. But thank, okay. I, I, historically, historically, that was true. But what's funny is if you look at an awful lot of my blog postings in the last five years, you'll say, wait a minute, half the screenshots are from Windows and half are from the Mac, like just whatever machine I was on at the moment I took the screenshot. But still, we want cross-platform compatibility for many reasons. And so I think, you know, you asked about if JavaScript was a stumbling block. I think for a number of us that do de- that do develop and deploy on Windows, it's going to be huge because uh, we finally can trust it. And with Examples like this, with the work that Seed Code has done, and and with the other, um, with the other libraries out there like Carafe um, from, from Salient, and the work that I've done to hopefully show a path through JavaScript, this can become less mystifying for people and more just another tool. I don't know, Kevin, if I've said this to you, but I appreciate your. I think you have some good leadership opportunities and good role modeling here. And I think you're doing good with that. You've been in FileMaker for hundreds of years, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you were one of the, you've written about JSON the most. You've written about SQL and execute SQL quite a lot. And, you know, you're exploring with me how to use this, this JavaScript. So I think that's a, that's good that, People like you who have who know FileMaker and are comfortable using FileMaker repetitions and and calculations and while you know all these functions, you're still exploring this new stuff. Well, you know, it's good for an old dog to learn new tricks, and um, and just like you said, man, I stand on the shoulder of giants too. We have an amazing community, and it's one of the reasons I've stayed a FileMaker developer. It's one of the reasons I became a FileMaker developer. Was it just you know and and uh, I call it voluntary voluntary socialism, where we all we all help each other out so much and we all get a lot smarter as a result. So this this is pretty simple, but I want to I want to just talk about one more thing. So mm-hmm. in my script, the query script, what is it called? Get query, uh, simple query. I have a function name called simple query. What I should do as a JavaScript script developer is I should explain what that does because if there are other functions in the JavaScript library that I've exposed to FileMaker, 
this could be even simpler for someone. If you need to do, you know, process A, you would use simple query. But if you need to do complex query, for example, then mm -hmm. I would need to let you know that that function has been exposed and explain what it does with examples somehow so that you can see how it works. The cool idea is you, you, Kevin, don't need to know anything about the JavaScript and how it works. All you need to know is that there's a function in there in that web viewer called simple query, and you can call it to your heart's content. You can call it a hundred times, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so as the, as the JavaScript developer for this, it's my, probably my responsibility to say, Hey, here's what simple query does. Here's an example. And here's other functions that you can use as well. So I think that's just part of what I should be doing here as well. What else? I mean, this is, it's pretty fun for both of us. Um, you I could get... give some more examples of, uh, of some things that I've done that are in the demo, if you yeah. want to hear some more. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, one is just that, so you imagine you got some JSON, but it's not quite what you were looking for. We can do a transformation on it and change it. And the oh. transformation can be both, there's many ways to do it. But one of the things we can do is we can add new key value pairs. And the key value pairs might be uh, based on data that's already in the JSON. So the classic example is you have the price and the quantity, but what you want is to multiply them together and get the total. And maybe once you've got the total, you don't need the price and the quantity anymore. So, so one of the examples is simply to say, okay, in, with a whole bunch of orders that we've got here in this chunk of JSON, let's multiply the price times the quantity. Let's make a new key and call it total. Let's put the total in there. And then we can remove and all in, all in one simple statement. So um, it's got various ways of, uh, of transforming JSON, but that's a really simple one. And you don't have to do both. You could just subtract some keys if you wanted. You can pull things from different levels and make a whole new object so that you know, what before was this multi-tiered complex thing now is just exactly what you want to see. Now, some specific, some specific things. Uh, one thing it does that I like is that you can uh, show all the keys in an object regardless of level. You can just, and there's several ways to do that, but the point is you can just say, hey, I want to see all the keys regardless of where they are in the hierarchy. Um, and bear in mind they're case sensitive. At one point I got back address capitalized and address lowercase, and I thought, what's going on? But then I looked and Sure enough, there was a you know a subnode where there was an address and it used lowercase a. One that was really fun was uh, took a bunch of orders. This this was not an original idea on my part. An awful lot of what I've done in here is stolen work by other people and then just transformed it. Um, but it say you've got a whole bunch of orders and then the business owner comes to you and say, I want to know who my rock star customers are. Rock star customers have placed an, one or more orders that are three times higher than the average order. Wow. And so I was very, I, I was with some trial and error, able to, to analyze those orders and come back with just the names of the customers that had placed one or more orders that were three times or more higher than the average order. Another one was that with that same, uh, or with a, actually with a different collection of order information, was to uh, count them, to create a, a JSON object that had four keys, and the keys were average count, max, and min. And so, so you've got these four keys, average count, max, and min. And then I just uh, was able to very simply throw the built-in functions that are within JSONata, the count, the min, the max, and the round function, and the average function, because I had to round the average to get a two-digit number. So produce a little mini report that shows those. Or another one that was fun was to uh, summarize them by month and say, okay, you know, I've got 500 orders here that have come in in the last 18 months. Let's produce a JSON object that has one key per month and year. And then the total next to that is the value. So th those are some examples. Well, Kevin, what's, uh, what's next for this? What do you, uh, what, what's your goal with this for the community? Yeah, I think just like any, any, Thing I release, I put it out there and see if it resonates with anyone. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm excited about it. I have no doubt I will find a use for it in my own work. It'll be interesting to see if anyone else does as well. Yeah, and I've I've mentioned it too. Is is just I'm excited to show another example of practical uses of of JavaScript and FileMaker. I, I don't think the the FileMaker community needs to be as convinced anymore. I think I see it all the time. People are asking about JavaScript. They're 
you know, many, many different uh, blog posts are out there about using JavaScript. So it's, it's reaching um, critical mass in our, in our community. So that's good. But this is just another way to get that shown and get it, get it out there. Well, you know, what's funny is I I sometimes uh, make a sort of postmodern comment that uh, certain movies, the making of documentary is more interesting than the movie itself. Yep. And um, so without naming any names, but um, the, uh, I think too, with this demo, it may well be that, that the making of part of this demo is, is where the real value is for some, for some developers. Cause they'll be like, Oh, now I see how I can grab JavaScript libraries and I can use them in FileMaker thanks yep. to this demo. So, and I really appreciate that, Jeremy. You know, it's, it's huge. It's really huge. Yeah. And in, in my version right now, it's very simple and there's, it's, it's easy to, you could do this in a basic text editor. I'm using Visual Studio Code and I'm, like I said before, I'm running a development server. And I, on my side, on our site, we'll have some good blog posts and, and demos about how this is set up, um, providing links to the repository that people can just download and, and, and start working with. Hopefully it'd be, it'd be awesome if I could put together some, some videos about this, about setting this up, maybe even do an, uh, an office hours where we, we code this stuff together and just walk through it from beginning to end. So I think a lot of people would find that all of those, all of the above, very useful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is good. Uh, Kevin, this has been a great fun time working together. Um, I'm always, (laughs) I always love it when other people reach out and present me some new challenges because it, it, it engages the brain and it, it reminds me that, you know, I need to, I need to establish this pattern in my head and try to make it as simple as possible. So thanks for uh, reaching out. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Let's do it again sometime. Um, all right. So you're you're going to have some blog posts about your examples and, and the process you went through with playing with this and links to all of that. I'll have uh, blog posts about the JavaScript side of things and the construction of the FileMaker scripts. And you'll have a copy of the demo. I think I'll have a copy of the demo with the uh, repository so people can get it from both places and learn this entire process, the front end and the back end of it. So that's good. Okay. What else? I mean, Kevin, are you looking at other JavaScript libraries to do other things? Is this kind of got your engine running with as far as the JavaScript possibilities? Yeah. You know what was interesting? This one excited me so much that I was interested in it, even though I didn't have a practical uh, need for it at the moment. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. I mean, a theoretical need, and I could think of a few times in the past where I would have used it if I'd had it. Um, I think with the others, I'm going to wait until, uh, you know, I think uh, I, I think an awful lot of us are interested. As you, you pointed out, there's two kinds of web viewers with JavaScript, and one's the stuff that's on screen, and when you can build a pivot table and some of the stuff that you've shown at DevCon, or Claris Engage, as it's called now, um, you know, and which, by the way, that stuff was not Windows compatible before, but now it will be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, it's it's a it's it's a fun time to be a developer, and it's a fun time to say, wow, we have so many options where we can reach out and grab some tool that's you know battle been battle hardened and uh, and lets us do things that we can't easily do natively. You mentioned battle hardened, yes, by FileMaker developers, but also this library has been tested by hundreds of people, probably thousands of people. Bugs have been reported, bugs have been fixed, features have been added. There's a ton of questions out there in the community about that, On, like you said, on Stack Overflow. That's a whole nother reason right there. I mean, how many how many Stack Overflow questions are there about, oh, I don't know, like anti-value lists or, or any of the other custom functions, right? I'm not sure where I would go to see a discussion about that kind of stuff. But there's definitely for all these libraries, there's so many resources out there for people mm-hmm. to learn how to use them and what can be done with them. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll just point out too if you don't already have a GitHub um, uh, account, it's free and it's worth getting. And one of the things is just you're just talking about JSONata. If you find a bug, you can report it right there on GitHub. Yeah. And they yep. and the Andrew Coleman, who runs the project, um, seems to be pretty busy taking care of business. I can tell you that. And answering questions. 
I should see if I can get him on the podcast and see if we can talk about it. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I need to get. I would like to get a JavaScript person on here to talk about JavaScript. So maybe I'll I'll reach out to him. But that would be great because he's 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 a wonderful speaker and he's clearly extremely knowledgeable. Kevin, thank you for joining us. We we kind of did a we did a, a slight deep dive into this. We got really technical. I love the examples that you were able to describe to us. But please, listeners, check out filemakerhacks.com and um, proofguys.com for the the blog post on this. Just dive in, tear it up, ask questions to either one of us, and, and we'll be glad to help you out as we can. So, Kevin, thank you for your time. This was fun. Okay. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. Thanks to Kevin Frank for reaching out to me and getting me excited about this work and for working with me to produce a pretty good demo. We hope that this episode, each of our blog posts, and the demo file will be useful to you and good examples of some collaboration and good example of how to use JavaScript as well as how to query JSON using this library. Please take a moment to rate and review us. We still only have 23 ratings. Can we get more than that on Apple Podcasts? I would appreciate your comments there. If you have more to say, ping me anywhere you find me or email me at thecontextpodcast at proofgeist.com. Talk to you next time.